You're listening to an introduction to the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is our introduction episode. I'm Will, and here with me are Rebecca. Hi. And Scott. Hello. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting uh, Masters of the Universe, so every week we review an episode of He-Man or She-Ra and discuss everything from the script and voice acting to Eternia fashions and the logistics of Skeletor's plans. Today we just want to talk a little bit about who we are, uh, how we put the podcast together, and what you can expect us to cover during regular episodes. So I'm thinking it might be a good idea just to start talking a little bit about ourselves. Um, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, so I guess generally I'll say we're all 30-somethings uh, from the Midwest, so it kind of makes sense we would have a lot of He-Man in our background. We all work computery, uh, media-ish type jobs, I guess it's safe to say. I actually work with Scott <laughs> at, at a uh, internet-y type company. I play a lot of nonsense guitar. I read a lot of science fiction and fantasy stuff. I still play with uh, action figures or dolls, as people call them a lot. Um, I'm s starting to collect a few more He-Man things. Scott and I discuss He-Man pretty often at work. That's probably all that's super relevant for me right at the, at the moment. I, Scott, anything I'm leaving out? We're not the same person, so you might have, <laughs> you might have something to add about yourself. Oh, no, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we discuss a lot. You know, it discuss many different things, but, I mean, He-Man's come up several times, so I think... Uh, As he does, yes. there's been There's been times when we are playing with... Uh, I wouldn't say play. We're, looking, we're uh, studying an action figure that Scott has brought from home, and people have come by Scott's desk and asked us if we're done playing with our action figures, so... We get a lot of work done at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, Moss Man fits real well in my plans. <laughs> yeah. He's very at home there. <laughs> and I am Rebecca. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm uh, the event coordinator for O Comic Con, which is um, an indie comics and pop culture expo um, in its third year of operation um, and headquartered out of Omaha, Nebraska, although I work in the internet, so in the ether. And... Um, you know, that t takes place in Council Bluffs, Iowa, so... And you still have yet to buy Scott or me any He-Man-related things from this event. That is absolutely untrue. I actually just brought both of them back, a packet of uh, little He-Man stand-up scene cards from Imaginarium Antiques, one of our vendors, off-event, but I think it counts. I, I really appreciate it. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm decoupaging my, yeah. uh, my notebook for this. Okay. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad uh, to hear it. Oh, and, oh, and in case it comes up and it's super pertinent, a uh, little more professional background, I used to be a newspaper reporter, and Scott had every job that has to do with water in the past. This will, this will come up in He-Man episodes, I'm sure. Scott has been a lifeguard. What else am I forgetting? There's lots of water stuff we pick on you about. All uh, right. <laughs> and the and lobstering. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, working at the working at the lob, or as people know it, the Red Lobster. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> For many years, yeah, too yeah, many yeah. years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you, oh, oh, and it, you're just a, a voracious shrimp eater, also. Yeah, yeah, that too. Okay, yes. okay, yeah. okay. 
Well, I'm, I'm seriously hoping that we'll be able to explore some nautical themes in some of our episodes of He-Man. Although, I don't know. Is, we'll Eternia, is Eternia landlocked, as far as I know? That's, there's a, I really want to talk about the geography of Eternia, because it's super <laughs> sketchy at the beginning. But I know Aqua, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, what, water guy is, is there. Uh, so we know he's there. Leech is there. There's Leech. some, there's some water stuff to get into, I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And also Clawful, obviously that's who Scott's little uh, little mascot man is for our website. So he's he's definitely he's he's definitely he's a crustacean. He's so <laughs> he's ha he's at least half crustacean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was super important and helpful, and everybody enjoyed that. So why don't we talk a little <laughs> bit about our our hist history with Mo uh, Masters of the Universe a little bit? Oh no! Real quick, I, uh -huh. I thought another piece of background that might be—it might come up for uh -huh. me later. Um, I've been to college a whole lot. That's another thing. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do have a useless but occasionally useful degree in uh, cultural studies. So you, um, so you would be one of the. Uh, you would be in King Ragnar's court. You would be some sort of bureaucrat, sorcerer, sorceress, orco type person. I'm imagining. Okay. I hope so. Okay. You know. Okay. So just in, in case anyone needs me to expound on important issues in American culture as per He-Man. Okay, so we can, <laughs> no, we can well source our nonsense. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I just, I thought, I, you know, I thought it might come up, you know. Okay. There should have been a Master Universe guy with a mortar board. I think, I think that could have helped. There could have been a, an, an egghead type character, I think. So Maybe there is one and we just don't know because we haven't, we haven't seen the episode yet. <clears throat> we have a wizard in the first one, which we'll get to. That's true. Soon enough, but. So why don't you why don't you tell us before before you went to school, uh, Rebecca? Tell us about your personal history with Masters of the Universe. First of all, it should, we should go and say you're a girl, so <laughs> I feel like that colors your experience a little differently than ours, or maybe it doesn't. Well, tell us tell us some He-Man information about your childhood. Well, Paint a picture. I am a girl, guilty as charged. And, um, okay, so I, I will just go ahead and do a little context for, for me. Um, I was born in 1981, and I do have an older sister born in 78. So we both knew, I mean, you know, He-Man was just basically in the water supply in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Like, it was everywhere. We did both watch it. And um, we were also, this is, this is relevant, we grew up in East Tennessee, and um, we didn't have tons of money growing up. So, you know, when you talk about what are your memories of He-Man, you know, the toys are always such a big part mm -hmm. of that. For us, that really wasn't so much of a thing because we didn't have all that many toys. So you missed the whole point of what Mattel was trying to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you were know. leeching off of Mattel. We were watching commercials like, you know, every morning before school and it just didn't matter. You know, we played with our like... Um, you know, walnuts on a stick or whatever. <laughs> no, that, that is not true. We did have toys. Applehead He-Man dolls. Yes, our, our apple heads. We pretended they were He-Man. But you did have some, right? We had, the um, so, you know, since we were girls, it's a two-girl household, we did have exactly one <laughs> piece of merchandise, and that was uh, the little seven-inch, was it seven-inch? The She-Ra doll, mm -hmm. actually. That's all we, that either of us had, and we shared. And, um, you know, actually my sister pointed something out to me when I was talking to her about this podcast yesterday. 
she said, you know, we really liked She-Ra. Like, I remember liking it, and I remember watching He-Man and liking both of them and watching them frequently. However, we never really got to get into it because She-Ra came on right before it was time to leave for school. <laughs> so, like, we never got to see the end of the episode. You know, it was like, if it came on at, like, 7 o'clock, then we had to leave at 7.15. Yeah, there were a few shows like that. You always, there's always a mystery to you because you had to go to school. Like, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, you know, I, I imagine that it was wonderful and that we would have been total suckers for all the merch. However, you know, we just had the one doll, and, of course, she had her beautiful, you know, headpiece that we lost because, you know, the second you buy something and you're a kid mm. and it has accessories, you lose it. For us, yeah, it, got it Or it got eaten by the vacuum. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So your mom's like, I don't know where that was. I yeah, that was. and I, I couldn't tell you what happened to that. And then, of course, the second issue that I would like to bring up from the beginning, we liked She-Ra, we liked He-Man, we watched them both, but the She-Ra doll was not the right scale to play with our other dolls. Oh, she was a freak. She, she was. Fit in. Well, she was, you know, she just, she belonged in another world in Etheria, and, um, you know, when you're a little girl in the 80s, your main jam is going to be, of course, your Barbie world, and if the dolls that you had did not fit with Barbie, then, you know, what were you going to do? Like, you well, just... You, you work them into the story? Is there a reason she's abnormally sized? To the how do, how do the other Barbies feel about her size if they play together? Right. Well, they didn't ever play together because she was just, she was like a loner, you know? She was a rebel. She was just a little teeny tiny doll in a world of uncaring Barbies, and it just it just never worked for us, you know. It was lonely is, being She-Ra. It was yeah, lonely. I mean, she's part of the rebellion, so she has yeah. to be, you know, a different... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, she's always an outsider. She knows what it's like. Yeah, Barbie's definitely a joiner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely true. And then I also say that to say that, um, you know, there were dolls that were also tragically close in size to Barbie, but not the exact scale, so they were also outcasts. For example, the Gem and the Holograms doll, and... When we're done with this podcast, you guys, I'm going to make you do a Gem and the Holograms podcast. Oh, that's a good show. Gonna, I'm just going to go ahead that. and we say that. that. We're going to do My that. My sister made me watch it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great show. Christy Marks is a genius. Who al She also wrote a lot of episodes of G.I. Joe. Uh -huh. Neither here nor there. But my point is, the Gem dolls, which were fabulous, weren't quite the right scale to play in Barbie World, nor was She-Ra. So... I, I got to tell the toy makers that they really, you know, they missed a whole half, a whole demographic. They did. That. Well, they missed, they missed my household, unfortunately, <laughs> but. So that is the experience, what it's like for a girl who wants to be interested and is kind of interested in He-Man stuff. So Scott and I were exactly the market for He-Man. So Scott, explain to us what it's like being a young man growing up in the Midwest, the right age for He-Man is your living room full of He-Man stuff? Were you exactly the right age for He-Man, or were you a little late? What, what is your He-Man world like as a, as a young Scott? Little Scott, what does he do with He-Man? <laughs> oh, Scott. yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it, was, it was that and Hot Wheels. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like I, I, I would have, I had, uh, I had Snake Mountain. I, did, I didn't, never got Castle Grayskull, but we had a, I had a, a general good amount of toys, and He-Man was a major part of them. And, of course, I mean, I'd watch a show Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning. I'd be excited for it. And then she was right after it. So, you know, I don't know. So, following Rebecca's theme of toys mixing, do Hot Wheels mix with He-Man, or does He-Man have to be universe unto itself? <laughs> uh, He-Man was totally universe on itself, uh -huh. yeah. And it, he, he was one of the only action figures I had when I was really young. Uh -huh. You know, because I was into Scooby-Doo, too. But, I mean, Scooby-Doo didn't really have action figures. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, wait, I mean, yeah. Although, as we'll discuss, uh, He-Man had its share of ridiculous Scooby-Doo-ish sound effects, which I was not prepared for when we started watching this. Again, the whole the whole scrambling thing, like, yeah, it's like a yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was like it was like they jammed. It was yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You can tell there's old people making He-Man. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, it's it's supposed to be funny if the guy's thrown across the room, and you're like, I don't know about that, but whatever. So, but but yeah, you had you yeah you had some great stuff. Snake Mountain was a real treasure. I, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. T- talking, you could talk into it, and it was uh, you'd sound, you'd sound like ominous and be mm-hmm. like you know like real scary. There was and some stuff like that. good quality stuff. I mean, it's, I mean they were shilling stuff. We know this was a, a a crass vehicle for selling toys, but they really put up. I mean, Castle Grayskull, incredible, one of the best play sets anybody ever made. I mean, it was it was really good stuff. I. I I'm trying to talk about myself that, but please tell, tell me more about Will, Will Scott and He-Man. Yeah, I mean that's the, that, that was like what, what I grew up on, and until, until the Turtles hit, that was like mm-hmm. pretty much the only action figures mm-hmm. I had was He-Man. We had a little overlap with He-Man and Ghostbusters a little bit, but yeah, uh, and I that, that was one thing as I I don't I I got a little bit into Ghostbusters, and like a lot of a lot of people, other people were into GI Joe, and I just I don't know I just I I ne- never got into GI yeah, Joe. Yeah, smart. Like like I, I I literally I trip like like I don't know if I was my, my I'm being mean I'm being mean I didn't I didn't do it so I'm just I'm casting a, a that, the show that, was stellar no the, the yeah. so many episodes of GI Joe were written by Christy yeah. Marks as I've already all right mentioned. whatever that's fine I'm just saying <laughs> okay I just didn't have it so in my time. experience yeah in my Scott experience my experience who are right and it's not that good. <laughs> yeah. so but anyway but anyway yeah. so so I, I I I tried other action figures people yeah. got me GI Joes and I'm like nah I'm just gonna go back to yeah they can toss the pile with Toxic Avengers exactly. nobody wants that yeah 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 so. exactly okay so I and I I wore them out until they were you know I I had to get new ones because they were you know because I their legs, you know, their legs bow out, and you're just like, what am I supposed to do with that? Are supposed to just ride a horse from now on? It's like, you know. It's like, <laughs> they rode yeah. hard. Yeah, they yeah. Rode exactly. hard. We, we ride hard in exactly. the He-Man Army. So, so you know, I, I, that's that's most of my experience. Uh, very, very similar in in our house. I We were we were nuts about He-Man in my house. I Beyond the, regu- the toys, same situation with the toys, we also did a lot of He-Man costumes. There was lots of He-Man drama in our house. I had... I had definitely had that sword. I don't know if you had the the He-Man sword, but you pressed the buttons on the side and it did all the lightning stuff. And so there was lots of time when you'd have to go in the room, demand that everybody drop everything they're doing, and you hold it aloft and scream, I have the power, and everybody has to clap, and then you can leave. That has to happen a lot. Also, the plastic blade of the He-Man sword, very good to chew on. Very good for, very good for, for, for chewing. For your dog? Like, no, 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 for just, me. Just, 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 just chewing on it. Yeah, right. it, it had, had, had a real good, real good chew on it. So <laughs> we did that. Um, I, I remember um, we would set up, yeah, we would set up uh, the action figures in my dad's plants a lot. He had a lot of plants around, so it, it kind of made a good woodland scene. It was about as close as you could get to making the um, the tropical hellscapes in the um, commercials. You'd want to rape, replicate that as good as you could when you played with them. Did you have a moss man to put in your dad's plants? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm sure that was his idea. He was kind of, he, he kind of in, enjoyed that stuff too a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we definitely had to have moss men. In fact, I think I had two moss men. Somebody, somebody messed up. Somebody <laughs> messed up on a birthday. I had two moss men. So, I could see you making two of those, though. I could see, I could see that Moss Man was manufactured by Skeletor somehow or not. We don't know. We don't know Moss Man's provenance. We don't know about that. But um, 
Yeah. We, we, it, they were a big, big deal He-Man growing up because we were really into Ghostbusters at the same time. I remember it was like, it was great in Ghostbusters 2 when they acknowledged He-Man. Remember when they go to the, they were supposed to go to the birthday party and they go, who are you going to call? And all the kids go, He-Man! That was pretty much right how I was. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was kind of weird because we were really into He Man like years after, uh, kind of years after they stopped making new episodes. They really stretched that for a well, long oh, time. Well, oh, they. Uh, I mean, uh, around me, they they reran it like it was, mm -hmm. you know, like it was water. It was just every you turn it, <laughs> yeah. you turn the channel, yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's like. Every morning, he man's because the here, executives like, were just like, "Yeah, run the commercial, run the thirty-minute commercial for our stuff. Kids gotta <laughs> buy more He-Man." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think I think we we beat that horse pretty good. But <laughs> do we want to talk any about things we're looking forward to discussing on the podcast? He-Many things we know are going to come up that we're just hungry to get to. Well, I for one cannot possibly remember a single plot line of a single episode, <laughs> despite the fact that this was on in like, this was on in our living rooms just about every single day when I was growing up, I could not tell you what happened in any of them. And so that'll be nice, you know, to know what was infiltrating my brain at such an impressionable young age. Well, as we've seen from the just the couple we've looked at so far, it's almost like they were writing them stream of conscious. I mean, it was just, it's, oh, definitely. it's bonkers. It is bonkers. And I, I'm looking forward to that as well. And then, you know, I, uh, when you're young, of course, this is probably different from you, different for you because mm -hmm. you guys were, you know, boys, but boy priorities. I don't know what those are. Oh, yes. I keep but, saying Scott and I have a similar background. In case you're wondering where my beautiful Midwest accent comes from, I'm from, I'm from South Georgia, but I moved <laughs> up here. So anyway, please, please proceed. Your background's different. Um, no. So I was just going to say, like, I, I feel like when you're really little, you know, you identify very strongly with the good guys, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, Prince Adam for all his, you know, I'm sure he has very many wonderful traits. He's kind of a goober. I mean, you know, and that's very painfully clear to you as an adult. You're like, whoa, Prince Adam, like you are not cool. Like, no. I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. But, um, of course, as an adult, you know, I look at Skeletor and I'm like, dude, Skeletor was where it's at, clearly, mm -hmm. all along. And so I look forward to uh, being able to see what's happening with Skeletor's crew, particularly <laughs> Evil Lynn, you know, whom I'm really hoping and holding out for, like, this... Um, like, you know, Peggy on Mad Men moment. Like, she's going to get this arc where, like, suddenly Evil Lynn is, like, just, that you know, has to happen. spreading her wings and ruling over Eternia. That's not going to happen, but, you know, maybe it will. <laughs> Who knows? That would be a good story. But, you know, Evil Lynn, I'm, I'm here for her. Like, okay. you know. All right. So, Scott, when you're thinking about getting together to record this, I don't know, pretty much every day, I guess, we're going to be doing this. Um, what, this are, your, what are you excited about? Scott, what, this is your life now. What do you get up in the morning excited about that, that you want us to talk about, about when we think about He-Man? Uh, how many times Skeletor is going to call somebody a boob? <laughs> Kill yes. you, boob. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's about it. I just want to see the hits every episode. Uh -huh. Or, yeah, like 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 uh, Rebecca was saying, I'm, I'm forgotten how every plot line has been. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I know, I know there's a lesson at the end and, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to, um, to imagine, you know, like the wonderful lessons that I'm going to learn from watching <laughs> these. Yeah. Yeah. Man at Arms, who's kind of like our fan, the sword and sorcery dad he, with the mustache, he will give us some good lessons. Mm -hmm. 
I'm also looking forward to honing my Skeletor impression mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm getting there, but I, I can't wait. I can't wait to do more. Do you want to give it a trial run now to see how much you grow what later? Is you, boob? Okay. That's, so, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not bad. It's from the heart. There's an emotional truth to what you're doing. <laughs> that sounded like I was being damned with faint praise. I don't think so. I don't know. It will sound like we have a Skeletor you Evil Win moment right now. So, uh, yeah, you know. bro. <laughs> I, um, I think I'm looking forward to seeing how much of an old man He-Man is. One of the things that gets me excited about this is when we think about like cartoons now, the heroes are kind of identifiable and they're often young. But He-Man was straight up just like your dad or your uncle going into battle. He's like, I'll take care of this. I mean, he's just, he's, he's a total square. He was in bearing. However, I'm a little uncertain about his actual age. You which think he's ageless? I don't know. Like, is he a man out of time? Probably. Yeah. I can, well, this is this is a, that's a good topic for discussion. Well, we, we, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to discuss it because even even from like the first ep, watching the first episode, I, I'm confused on timelines and how yeah, old people but are. But he said, but he says things like he 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 says things like that's Trap Jaw. He runs with Skeletor's crew. Who talks like that? Who talks like that? <laughs> the, the old man writing it. That's who talks like that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So before we start talking a little bit about um, the format and getting caught up on the background of the show a little bit, just for fun, just so I think a, this will really capture who we are as people, who's, who's one or two of the Masters of the Universe characters that you feel like you identify with or is especially um, sensitive to their particular problems or, or, or strengths? Who resonates with you? Well, I know I've, I've, I've already mentioned Evil Lynn because yeah. she's great. You I pretty mean, much like her. Well, much. thank you, <laughs> I guess. But then also, I don't want to jump ahead to our, you know, our first She-Ra episode, but I was also very much stricken by a line that the sorceress had um, in, in the uh, She-Ra pilot where um, she tells Prince Adam that she would like to go on this adventure with him but she says, I have no power outside this castle. And uh, I really identify with that because that just sounds like a really convenient excuse for not wanting to go to the <laughs> store. <laughs> and that just sounds like me. I'm just like, yes, well, I'd like to help you, but, you know. See, I thought you were going to... I have no power. That, that, that was... line can be taken to be very poignant and, and metaphorical somehow. No. No, it's just, you just don't want to leave that She's out. sleeping in her golden bed <laughs> in her little lair. Uh -huh. She's not, I mean, you know, the sorceress is helping a little bit. Uh -huh. She's magical to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so that really just resonates with me on a spiritual level. Okay. Um, I... I think I'm going I I really identify with Orko. I really I really like his whole thing. Do you mean that though? <laughs> now, okay. Okay. Orko was great, right? But he his voice is grating. Can we agree on that? We're talking about who he is as a person. Oh, as well, a, as an as, I'm just being superficial. As an elemental being. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I I can I can agree on his voice. Yeah, yeah well, don't okay. See, I'm already defending him, but the, the reason I would identify with the Orko is I feel like I feel like he is a man with talents and skills who, in certain contexts, could be very helpful and taken very seriously. But he can't help himself. In his heart, he is a clown and a fool. And I, I think that I think that I really can identify with that. I think I, I'll I'll 
sacrifice my integrity for a laugh, I think. That's really beautiful. Okay. But also, he's got a great look. He looks like uh, the wizard from, like, the first couple of Final Fantasy games. He's got the little hat and then just darkness under there. And it may all be an act. He may just be, like, the meanest, nastiest, nice, nastiest guy or something. He's, he's super cool. I like Orko. He's great. Scott, who's your man? Or, or woman? It's real or, tough. Or, it's, it's or real, horse. Yeah, or horse. <laughs> or, or cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say Cringer or Battle Cat, you know, so, cause you know, like he, he's, he's, my mother didn't raise any foolish children. No, no, not really. I, it's, um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really identify with too many of them cause, cause I haven't, I haven't rewatched most of the episodes. So like, one of them has a so, steel jaw and I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's, uh. Um, is it is it bad to say He Man? I guess I don't know. No, that's fine. Yeah, all right. That's fine. Yeah, and not 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 Prince Adam. Not Prince Adam. <laughs> not Prince okay. Adam. But why He Man? Because because you're a big strong man, or because you like standing up for justice, or yeah 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 stand up for justice. You, you using <laughs> a that, sword. All that stuff. Yeah yeah all all using that stuff. Using a sword. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of your life. Just in the backyard, you just out there like yeah, an asshole, just swinging yeah. it around. Just... Exactly. I mean, that's you know. <laughs> As a young boy, you 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 you're growing up with these, you you just you 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 make like cardboard swords and you swing them around if you you can't. Same way you read for a football team. He's your man. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's just yeah. he's just your dude. Yeah yeah. Okay, yeah. I get that. That makes yeah. sense. And, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, and I might change my mind later on, but <laughs> okay. this, this, this is good. Okay. We all, all right. reserve yeah. the rights. To, okay, so to, Scott picks him man because he swings swords around in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And your wife is not embarrassed by this at all. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the power sword makes eight action sounds. So we all talked about collecting uh, action figures, and so that was kind of in the in the back of my head when I was thinking about putting this show together. I'd listened to a lot of other review type podcasts I enjoyed a lot, especially um. Uh, there's a Deep Space Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast called The Gamma Quadrant, and I, I really uh, felt like they did a good job with their um, format and got me interested in the show again, and I'm sort of hoping that's um, what this podcast will do for folks, especially now that He-Man and She-Ra are both on um, Netflix. So I think it's, it'd be pretty fun if you're listening to this, if you want to sort of follow along as, as we go. I'm sure you will um, see all the nonsense that we're going to talk about and find your own nonsense. <laughs> I'm just going to talk a little bit about the format so we know what to expect. We're going to try to keep the episodes pretty tight. Um, so we're going to aim for about 30 minutes. You may be laughing when you see what our runtime actually is. I don't know because we haven't edited <laughs> any of them yet. We're also going to alternate between He-Man and She-Ra episodes because we'd have to get through, you know, two whole seasons of He-Man before we even got to She-Ra otherwise. So I think that'll, that'll be uh, good for variety. And we're going to try to keep to a bi-weekly schedule so you don't have to go too long without it, but lets us go get groceries and stuff in the meantime. Um, <laughs> He-Man groceries. He-Man groceries, yeah. we got to get that protein. He cuts the carbs from his workout plan. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, which brings us to uh, uh, the, uh, the theme song for the episode, in, in case you were curious. Uh, Rebecca and I actually uh, wrote and recorded, recorded that. The first song is called The Ballad of the Muscle Man Marauder, and it's full of good, loud nonsense. And then the uh, 
outro song is just sort of like a Viking beer hall uh, sad version of that. And so um, ho- hopefully that'll, that'll be good for you getting pumped up for the episodes as, as they come on. It helps me. <laughs> I just listen to them on my phone sometimes and just, I just, I'm, I'm just so psyched. You just jacked yeah, up. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. You ready to punch people? <laughs> you ready to go swing swords Always. with Scott in the backyard? That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I have some good sword swinging music mm-hmm. after this. This will be good. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, we all are sort of coming from the same good foundation. I just wanted to run through some of the highlights of He-Man's production history so we have a little background from for the show. I think uh, folks who grew up with He-Man or sort of generally know how it got put together, but just for added context, the uh, franchise started when Mattel wanted to capitalize on the Star Wars fad. Uh, not fad. <laughs> the, the whole uh, Star <laughs> Wars. Fad. Uh, yeah. It was a flash in the pan. We never heard of this Star yeah, Wars nonsense ever again. Fla- nothing like Flash Gordon. So um, they uh, I had all of their <laughs> Ewokalocks and that Jar Jim Binks. I never heard of that again. It was crazy. <clears throat> Just like stuffing yourself in phone boots, kids. Do you remember that? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so. It started when they put together uh, like prototypes for He-Man. They pushed the action figures first. They had like a barbarian, a soldier, and a spaceman prototype. They went with the uh, barbarian, obviously. They made it from like a, an old Big Jim action figure, which is sort of like a secret agent man sort of so figure. So question, are these like life archetypes? And if so, is Scott the soldier? Am I the barbarian? Oh, and are you the spaceman? Dear Lord, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just that's what's true. Yeah, that's, I don't. That's we may Scott and I may, may fight over who's the barbarian. I don't know. Uh, maybe this will reveal itself in time. Oh, I think that is that is really true. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I, I know. I'm definitely the spaceman. Y'all can figure out. The other two. <laughs> so, that's true. Oh. So we get that, and then they they push out the toy line like immediately in 1981. That's two years before I'm born. DC Comics starts publishing um, some little comic books to go with the toys so you know who they are and you can get jacked up about them. And then, uh, so the, the premise of, the, of them, the comic books say, uh, is that it's a cross between the sword and sorcery and sci-fi. It's just what you see from the episodes. He-Man and his friends are facing off against Skeletor and his evil buddies for control of Eternia. And all the battles seem to hinge on um, who has the power sword or control of Castle Grayskull. So we don't actually get the TV show until 1983. Filmation released two seasons of He-Man. That's 130 episodes. The show is actually called He-Man and Masters of the Universe, and it lasts until 1984. After He-Man, Filmation then starts She-Ra, Princess of Power, which is kind of weird when you think about it because they didn't know they could have two concurrent shows, which you'll see all the time now. They're like, well, He-Man's done. Kids don't know any better. We'll do the She-Ra commercials now. And that ran for 93 episodes until the end of 1986. And in those episodes, we'll see She-Ra and her rebels fighting against Hordak's evil empire. And I I really do think that it's worth stressing that, um, you know, I don't remember the original air dates of any of these, Mm -hmm. of any of them, and they were just always on. Yeah, I had Um, no idea they weren't concurrent. Right, yeah, no, I I remember He-Man and or She-Ra being on my entire life. I mean, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they were just always there. And I guess it is true. Kids are stupid. <laughs> we we didn't know. We'd seen the episodes before. It's we, all the same. We just know under that tree there better be Snake Mountain, or somebody's gonna be mad. Right. It's kind of it's kind of sad thinking about Santa Claus. He want he wants to make all those nice sweet dolls and teddy bears in his workshop. He's like, I am tired of making Snake Mountains <laughs> for children. It seems odious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So, and after the uh, shows, you know, there was, uh, 
that real treasure, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, which I hope Netflix will add back. We'll definitely watch that and review it regardless. Um, and then, of course, there was the movie with Dolph Lundgren and Courtney Cox. Uh, but we're going to focus on the filmation episodes, uh, at least to start with. And e even though we'll focus on those, we do know there was that relaunch in 89 and 2002 and tons of comic books and toy reissues and stuff. And there's always a rumor of a movie that's going to be done right, finally. And then I'll also say that we will be going in the um, production order, which is the order that Netflix has them in. And apparently, if you are a He-Man purist, that is not the broadcast order. So um, not exactly. There was a little bit of um, finagling about with the schedule. But we're going in the order in which they appear on Netflix, which apparently was the production order. That's a good note. That's true. That's a good note. Yeah. He-Man purists, take note. <laughs> like, so, Yes. Well, I feel like we covered a lot. Is there anything we're missing? Anything anybody else wanted to add for context and extra appreciation and yucks before we uh, uh, talk about how people can connect with us and that sort of thing and what to expect for the first episode? I don't think so. I yeah. think we hit it pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, mm -hmm. so we'll pick up with our first Scott Call. We're going to pick up <laughs> with our um, first uh, real episode, the Be a He-Man episode, The Cosmic Comet. And we're definitely going to pay attention to the moral of that story. A few production notes. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. And, of course, you can download us on iTunes. And please be sure to leave us a review. It helps people find the podcast so it can grow. If you haven't already, please tell your friends about us and sign up for the newsletter through our Facebook page or our website. And we'll let you know when new episodes are out and we'll keep you updated on how things are going. If you'd like to have a question or comment discussed on the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to some good He-Man conversation. By the power of Grace, Gordon. Indeed.